there is a point where we all feel that we're following lots and lots of fabulous expert advice, formulas, templates, must do it this way, must do it that way, must niche down, must do this, must do the top three things. And we really have to take a deep breath and step back a few paces and remember what, I won't swear, we are doing. So this is the perfect person to have this conversation with. You will really learn and I think just reconnect with yourself after listening to this and the direction that your business is going in. Yes! You have to find you, be you, and let them see you. Welcome to the Make It Real podcast. This is Tricia Lewis, your host. I speak to loads of fascinating individuals who've built their own businesses or just have loads of experience and story to share. You'll get tips, insights, motivated. Um, this person I know very well now and is an absolute delight. It's Stefano Capcione. Oh gosh, did I get that Perfect. right? Perfect. Perfect. Oh my yes. goodness me. And he's in Eidenhoven, um, uh, which is in the Netherlands. So there we go, very international. Um, Stefano is puck storytelling, basically. And I'm going to let him now tell you what that actually is as a sort of business, if you like. Go on, Stefano. So yes, so the company name is uh, Puck Creations and a large part of what we do is um, revolves around storytelling. But it actually all comes a little bit deeper than that. So our goal is to make uh, our clients' audiences think, feel and take action. It sounds like a tagline because it is but it's also what we actually do. Um, and we do that using a couple of different methods, but one of the main things we work on with our clients is defining their brand. That can sound a little bit vague. People might think of it as, you know, brand strategy. Again, it all sounds like buzzwords. Um, but what we're really doing is we're working with leadership teams and trying to work out down throughout um, some of the rest of the company how they can communicate a message that is clear, consistent, relevant, and also that really stands out. Now, how we do that isn't by creating anything. We don't come up with anything for them. What we do is we work with our clients on actually helping them to understand who they really are as a business and what joins up all of the leadership team and the people that are working for them, the people that they supply them, their customers, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's how everything comes together. And then we also um, write the content for things like websites and blogs and newsletters and internal communications, but we don't do any of that until they have an established and defined brand. Mm, very good. Very, very good. And so aligned with me and this podcast basically so listeners <laughs> if this is the kind of thing that you you are constantly inquisitive about this yeah beyond the buzzword stuff basically um that sounds like a film yeah beyond the buzzword. yeah Star starring brad pitt <laughs> and <laughs> exactly um yeah and uh, then, then then stay tuned because we're we're 
because it's not enough for us to just say, and I say this a lot, uh, you know, don't get sucked in by the shoulds, um, you know, beware that you're not just doing things because you think you have to. Uh, that's great. And that is true. But of course, you've got to actually put something in its place. So you actually do need to have some ideas of if you're not doing that, then what are you doing? So that's what we're going to unwrap in this in this podcast so let's let's do it so this was actually inspired by a recent conversation that i had with stefano um where we started to get a bit ranty didn't we we got a bit ranty yes. yeah yes. yeah um and it was just over things like you know what i mean you know when you've sort of eaten too many cream cakes or something and there's just this sense of i i, I never want to see another cream cake in my life i that's personal experience actually because i worked behind a cream cake counter once believe it or not, in Harrods, would you believe? So there were very posh cream cakes. We were allowed to eat the ones that were slightly squashed or didn't quite look right. Um, did you squash a couple? Of well, of course we did to begin with, but it only took about a week before. I, and I've never eaten a cream cake since. I just went so wow. often. Yeah. And it, it, that's why I use that analogy. It's like too much of something, just too much. And I think we've sort of got to a bit of a tipping point at the moment where there's just, there's been too much of what is perfectly well-meaning advice from the vast majority of people. Clearly, there are some hacks out there and some people who don't know what they're talking <laughs> about. Fine. But the vast majority of people have got, you know, they've got good knowledge. They know what they're talking about. They are trying to make things easier for us by putting things into packages, you know, templates and formulas and all the rest of it. And, I, and I'm not we're not dissing that. But the problem is, like, as we develop as human beings in normal everyday life, if we just follow everybody else's advice and wanting to be like everybody else, we very quickly lose the kind of core foundation of us-ness. And that's the same with our business. So what we need is to go back a few steps from... Well, let, let Stefano explain some of the stuff we were ranting about that that got us to thinking. Hang on, no, this is the danger trap. Right. So, if we go back to something I said at the beginning, uh, which is when you're defining your brand, the four truly key elements. I mean, there's a lot more to it, but the four truly key elements are having clarity, being consistent, um, and relevant being relevant and um, being being different mm. and standing out. Now, that different part is the part where people often become most unstuck because they say, well, how are we supposed to be different? And they think, oh, okay, do we need a product that has a different, you know, has a USP because people always talk about USPs. They, they say, do we need to just sit down and work out what everyone else is doing and then go in the opposite direction? And it's all these questions of how do we be different? And so even though I constantly tell people that you need to stand out and actually that being different is a good thing, what I'm really saying is you don't need to be different. You just need to work out who you are and align to that. Now, some other people say, well, how do we work out who we are? And that's where then actually defining your brand properly comes into play. That's where you work out things like, well, why exactly did you start the business? That's where you work out things like um, what wakes you and every single 
member of your team up in the morning to go to work every day. We all have individual motivations, you know, feed the kids, for example, but we also have motivations that join us together if we're working for a good company. Um, people often talk about, you know, brand purpose, and th that's another buzzword that gets overused. And then people think of the word purpose and say, oh, does that mean that we need to, you know, have a pageant and save the world? Um, no, it doesn't, but it does mean that you have a shared goal, a shared reason to be going into the office every day or working from home every day or just getting together and, and trying to sell the products that you're selling. And then there's questions around your personality. Um, are you a friendly type of brand? Do you, uh, you know, there's, there's, for example, people talk about the difference between being friendly and being a kind of an authoritative brand. And sometimes people say, oh God, I don't want to be authoritative. I don't want to, you know, shout at people and tell them what to do. Um, but actually that's not being authoritative means. It's the way that you're talking to people. It's, do you say, I know what I'm talking about. I understand my expertise and I'm going to explain to you that this is what you need to do. Or do you say something along the lines of, you still have the same knowledge. Being friendly doesn't mean you're reducing the amount of knowledge, but it just means that you say something along the lines of, hey, everybody, this is what I think might be a good idea. Why don't you come along? We'll have a little chat about it together. You can see if you think it's a good idea too. And then we move into, you know, working on it together. There's all of these different elements that make up your brand. And that's why we say it's really important to define your brand and to work on it. And then you automatically have something that makes you you and makes you stand out. And therefore, the differentiation bit is actually one of the easier bits to do if you understand that properly. Sadly, what often happens is that there's a lot of noise around about how to stand out, about how to be different. But actually what this noise does is it tells you how to be the same as everybody else who is following this particular course of procedure, rather than looking at who you are. And so some of those examples, to finally get around to answering your question in the longest No, no, I like it, I like it. <laughs> are things like, for example, People say constantly, and I genuinely hear this all the time, and I think this is one of the ones that started off our rant the other day, you must have a sector niche. That's a sector niche, by the way, because Trisha thought I said something else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you were mumbling a bit, and I thought, well, this is going to take on a whole far this episode. Yes, sector, yes. Sector, a sect, you must have a sector niche, darlings. Um, and, uh, and this this comes across, you know, you you must be talking to 21 to 25 year old females only, nobody else. That is your audience, and you cannot go against that audience. And you must also make sure you tell everybody in the world that that is your audience and that you don't want to hear from anybody. Um, and it's all supposedly to do with positioning, because if you have these 21 to 25 year old females um, and you're selling this particular product, you must be the only person in the world selling this particular product to these 21, 25 year old females. Therefore, you are going to stand out. It is guaranteed until, of course, it isn't because somebody else goes, oh, that's a good market to sell into. I think I might start selling into that market now. Um, or what happens is you go so niche that you go, I'm only going to go for people who are 21 years old, 322 days. 
and 45 seconds who are, let me think, male with curly blonde hair. That's all I'm going for. That's my niche. But then you don't sell to anyone because you have to find all of those people and communicate with them. So you're going way, way too niche. Now, there are benefits to having a niche. There are benefits in terms of focus, for example, that you're actually saying, well, I'm going to put all of my attention into working out how to focus on a product that really, really does serve the needs of a particular set of people. But those benefits don't relate to standing out. Standing out is something completely different altogether. So the constant drive of you must have a niche to stand out really annoys me. You don't have to have a niche at all. There are benefits to it. And that's something worth discussing. Mm. But you don't have to have a niche at all. Exactly. It's exactly. It's not It's not like saying, oh, God, don't ever have a niche or don't listen to anybody who talks about niches. It's about... <laughs> It's about keeping this balanced way of thinking and breathing and being, you know, that we so, so quickly lose in this noise. Yeah, in this noise. So things like the template that says, you know, your LinkedIn profile, I help dot, 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 <laughs> to dot, 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 yeah. by doing dot, dot, dot. I don't know. And, you know, I can tell from personal experience, I, I have agonized over things like this absolutely agonized and then at some point I've come back round you'd probably have to go for a walk around the block or something to suddenly re-finding um common sense in so much as like well, I don't, what no wonder this is difficult I, I've no idea what I'm doing anymore I, all I'm trying to do is fill in the dot 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 that is my <laughs> entire the day's work is filling in dot 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 you know that that's yeah. ridiculous that's not I've lost it yeah I think I think what bugs me about that particular one the most is um I've had I've had people say to me why don't you have an I help statement like angrily I, I, you know to a person who does marketing for a living why don't you have an I help statement? You clearly don't know what you're doing. You mustn't understand your audience very well. Actually, that's maybe where you're wrong because, because understanding your audience doesn't mean that you, you help, uh, I don't know, females in the tech yeah. industry or whatever it is, because that is a very, very broad definition of um, a, a, an audience. And people say you don't understand your ideal client. But if you're really understanding your ideal client, you're not looking, I mean, these things count as kind of an overlay, but if your priority is, well, what age are they? Are they male or are they female? Um, are they, again, curly head or whatever? You're not really looking at what it is that drives these people. What you need to be working out are things like, what, what, what makes this person decide to drive to work every day rather than cycle? What makes this person decide to eat a donut in the morning with a coffee rather than having a sandwich? Like all of these different factors, like how does this person run their life? Do they prefer to work in an office? Do they prefer to work at home? Um, and the, the kinds of questions you're asking around that will depend on what it is you're actually trying to sell to them. So it's working out a person's behaviors aligned to what it is that you actually do and the way that you can actually help them and also why you are in business in the first place and why you get up every morning and why you behave in the way that you do so it's all about aligning your audience with who 
you are. Right. Okay. So I like the align is one of my favorite words. So let's let's think though. Let's uh, be devil's advocate here for a minute. So <laughs> another thing that obviously is talked about a lot is pain. <laughs> talk, talk a lot about pain. Pain pain <laughs> points to be specific. Okay. Yeah. So find their pain points. Okay. So. So the first thing you do is you start going into Google and trying to write the kind of questions that you think they might be asking. And then in that you find your keywords and all the rest of it, because part of it. again, nothing specifically wrong with that. There is loads of logic in that. The problem is when you get so um, tunnel vision in that quest that yep. once more you have left behind on the table it's now actually in a drawer it's in fact in a box in a drawer because it's so hasn't been used for so long the actual core reasoning of why you're doing what you're doing so I suppose cynically I suppose I could say well there's nothing wrong with simply finding pain points and then making your products fit the pain points of course would I be right you could you would be right um and people do that all the time and people have lots of different ways of selling um, and you can sell lots of different products based on working from the audience first and then working your way backwards. For short-term sales, that actually can work exceptionally well. And, and also, it's not necessarily a clash. Oft, often a large problem is uh, people get confused again a little bit about when we're talking about brands and when we're talking about who you are as a business. And when we're talking about products and when we're talking about services, a lot of freelancers and smaller businesses may only have one product or service. So they see them as being interchangeable. They're the same thing. But if you look at bigger businesses, bigger businesses have lots of different products than services that they sell. So they might be when they're looking at these particular products and services that they really are digging down to what the pain points are or the needs are um, of a particular customer. But on top of that, again, this could get very complicated and, and very detailed, but you, you're not also just looking at the pain points. You're also looking at, well, what are the wants and the desires? Because pain points are one thing. Um, people genuinely need something, but you don't necessarily go out and buy something all the time because you genuinely need it. You go and buy something because you want it. You go and buy something because you, you think, oh, that's a really, really nice, uh, I don't know, nice looking jumper. It's like the perfect color and it suits me really well. But you have six jumpers at mm. home. You don't need another jumper, but you just think it's beautiful mm. and I want to buy it. So pain points are important, especially when it comes to selling a product and a service. But again, if you just take them on, your own, on their own, and it's all you ever talk about, and you don't combine it with any of the other areas of your brand and your business, and you don't think about also the short-term sales versus the longer-term marketing, relationship-building, brand-building, then you'll get short-term wins, but you won't necessarily get that long-term business success, which is what most people are aiming for. So that's why you then take a step back and you go, well... I've got all of these products, but what are these products intended to do in the first place? What are these services intended to do in the first place? What is it that I have decided or worked out is a genuine problem and what am I trying to solve? So 
If you have that in your mind, then you make decisions about future products that you sell based on what it is that you're trying to solve. And you also have an audience of people who might be wanting to try and solve the same things. Now, your ideal clients for particular products might all be slightly different because they all have different pain points, as we discussed. But you'll have an audience of people who will associate with your brand and will trust you when you bring out a new product because you have the same drive and the same goal. I so do, whoa, whoa, about... whoa, 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 whoa. Can you hold on to the second part of that sentence for a minute? Because I, I, can, well, I, just, I can try. Yeah, right. Jot, jot it down, <laughs> jot it down. Because I just want to repeat what you just said, because that is that is real core key stuff that, that people might flippity jibbity, a product, a product, whatever, might be short term. Okay, that happens to be what I need at the moment. But the long-term thing of people coming back to you when perhaps you even put a new service out there or product, or, you know, they've, they've, there are other people out there that do something similar, but hey, presto, they've come to you. That is to do with trust. And the trust is completely linked to the things you've talked about, consistency for a start yeah. and clarity and a sense that they know who you are and that comes and we're not talking about this literally on a face-to-face -face meeting over coffee we're talking about this on a brand level yes. what I find connects to that quite nicely is to think of an example and I'm going to think of an example that most people would probably clash against when I talk about this kind of stuff immediately most people would probably say when you're thinking about, you know, brand purpose to why and kind of all of these different things, Amazon would be one of the worst examples you could give. They would say, you know, God, everybody, you know, who likes Amazon? They're, they're conglomerates. They've got the richest um, uh, owner, richest person in the world who owns them. Um, and, you know, you get all of these people saying, you know, how much they really dislike Amazon. They still buy from them. <laughs> Quite a lot of the time. Some people don't. Some people some people will actively not buy from them. And I imagine that Amazon understand that they're going to be losing certain types of customers who think they don't want to buy from them. But it's when, when, when I'm talking about getting this clarity and this consistency, it's not about being fluffy. It's not about saying, well, oh, we have to have this really lovely purpose that everyone can agree with and get on board with. And, you know, we have to make sure that um, everybody in the world feels safe because of our products. It can be that, and that's a good reason that lots of people go and buy from people. But it can also be things like, well, I want convenience. What Amazon sells is convenience. They also sell um, quality products because they're not their products, um, and they have a review system to make sure that if you get a bad product, they have a very quick return service. Um, and on top of that, they sell them at the cheapest prices around. So if people are looking for... Um, really cheap products that are convenient and are high quality, then the chances are, as much as they, some people might not like to admit it, they'll go and they'll buy them from Amazon. Now, that doesn't take away from the idea that you need to have consistency and clarity um, in your brand. It doesn't take away from the idea that you need to be relevant and it doesn't take away from the idea that you need to stand out. Amazon does all of these things with their brand. But the thing is, you can't be Amazon because if you're Amazon, then you're not standing out. You're just being Amazon. So you have to be different. And 
you probably are different because you have different values. You have a different reason for doing what you're doing in the first place. Well, well let, let's let's go um, mainly so I can have obviously a free one-to-one -one coaching session from you. Um, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, listeners, because this is going to be relevant to you. So those of us who are, say, in the, let's just call it vaguely service giving, coaching kind of business and potentially also on our own. So the two questions I want to ask, when you were talking about building a sort of a message that's communicated across a company that you're all on the same page together and that's your kind of, when it's, when it's us on our own, we don't have a company of other people. So that's quite an interesting little, because I think it is particularly um, people on their own, especially when it's a very kind of personal brand, um, like in coaching or something, do struggle with a lot of this because they are not bringing it to the table with three or four other people at a you know brand strategy meeting or anything. They're, yeah. they're in their own head a lot and it's personal and oh god do i do i get less like me or more like me or well, it, it can get really weird so so in a way i my one question would be who do who what is the equivalent when you're on your own of having that kind of conversation and then the other thing is if you are say a coach of some sort or other let's just use that as an example um very very broadly as an example there will be literally thousands of very similar types of coaches okay so if you take i don't know you know life skills um uh, communication skill whatever it is there's there's loads of us okay yeah. so so you are therefore you can't stand out particularly in an obvious oh yes but i do communication skills like nobody has ever done before we stand on our heads for 10 days and magic things happen so you are very much having the challenges for you to, to do something else that that stands out and that's something else then often just comes back to oh so is it me as an individual that has to stand out so i have to have a certain personality that i show all the time on social media or and then you think well i'm an introvert i don't even want to be shouting all over the place on social media um blah 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 blah, blah. then we go around and around in circles and we end up sort of flatlining um and that's when we reach potentially for templates and formulas because oh well god sake you know i i've got to be seen i've got to get some clients so i guess this is what i'll do then i'll do the oh yeah first i've got to put that in my headline i've got that uh, my website uh, so, so what's really interesting <laughs> is uh that we, we actually we work with um not as often but we do occasionally work with freelancers um on their brand as well usually we're working with kind of small medium sized businesses for the reason that we're trying to get clarity across the whole team um, and consistency across the whole team. But actually, it's just as important for a freelancer to have clarity and consistency to be relevant and to stand out. But when you're thinking about it and when you're kind of asking the questions, you're right, you only really have yourself to ask those questions you might have other people around you who can kind of say well i think this and i think that but in the end it's always going to be down to you to make those decisions but that doesn't change the questions 
the questions are always going to be the same. So the questions are always going to be, why did you decide to become a coach in the first place? What was it that made you think, oh, something's wrong here. Something doesn't feel quite right. There's a gap that nobody else is filling. And I want to fill this gap. That's going to be your first question that you ask yourself, because that's going to be the thing that lots of other people are also missing. And therefore, you're going to be the one who can help them. But that in itself, other people may have gone, well, I've also thought of this and I started a business for this reason and I'm a freelancer for this reason. So it might not be in itself the reason that you stand out. And this sometimes then comes back to storytelling. So actually sharing your story, sharing what it was that triggered you to think like this in the first place can be powerful, but we also have to be a little bit careful with storytelling in that manner, because another thing that we get a little bit annoyed about, and I think we ranted about recently was the hero's journey story and how people tell you that you must go on this hero's journey and you have to be the hero, you have to make your client the hero. Um, again, it can be useful that I'm not saying don't do it, but I'm also saying think about the stories that you want to tell, how they're relevant, how they link. But if you're asking yourself, okay, why do I get up every morning? That's question one. What is it I'm trying to achieve? You work out what you're trying to achieve. You then think, well, okay, how exactly can I achieve that? What do I need to put in place that's going to make this happen? And so you come up with some kind of how strategy. So you've got why you're in business, you've got how you're going to try and achieve getting to this end point. You've then got backing that up, what I call the tactics or the what of your business. And this is your actual service, your product. This is what goes into feeding the how, which is a more kind of overall strategy of, okay, over the next 10 or 15 years, I'm going to be um, merging uh, communication chats with, um, I don't know, uh, detective skills in your case <laughs> um, to uh, and there's always going to be an element of detective skills um, in everything that I do to eventually achieve a goal of making sure that people can um, be um, seen and feel confident in themselves going forward I, I'm making this up that's from good. a coaching that's good. point of view yep. but so you have the why the how and the what of who you are so these are key questions that you need to ask you then have a look at um, things like who your audience are in the same way that we've already discussed. So I won't go into that again, but who are you actually speaking to? What are their behaviors? What do they do every day? What drives them? Hopefully what drives them is the same thing that drives you, but maybe from a more personal perspective that they need to feel like they have that particular confidence. And then you can narrow it down to, okay, what triggers people to need that in the first place. And then you can think, well, they're probably the kind of people who work in a corporate environment because that happens quite a lot or whatever it is that narrows it down the person a little bit more. And again, that is not the same as sector mission. It's a slightly different thing. Um, but then you have to think about things like your personality, which we talked about earlier. We talked about the difference between being friendly and authoritarian, but also um, are you a rebel? Like in general, just you, are you the person, kind of person who pushes against what everyone else is doing or do you like to conform with them and go alongside and work with the other types of businesses by the way none of them are wrong it's okay to conform and it's an okay to be a rebel it's also okay to be somewhere in between but it has to be you and who you are there's all of these different questions i won't go into every one of you never want to do a workshop but these are the different things that make people 
or make you first, more importantly, make you understand better who you are as a business and as a brand. And that isn't necessarily exactly the same as who you are as a person. But of course, if you're one person, and I've missed out a really important one, by the way, which are your values. What drives you? Um, what is it that you, if, if, if you went against a particular value, if, for example, one of your values was, uh, I don't know, curiosity. So you're asking why all the time. And you're constantly thinking, well, hang on a minute, is this done this way? Can it be done a different way? And if, because you were just tired, instead of asking why, you just went, oh, I'm just going to do this because it's what everyone else says to do, then actually you're going against your own value. And that value has to be connected to everybody who you speak to, not just to your customers. It has to be to your suppliers, to potentially collaborators, to people who you're talking to on a podcast. Um, it has to be connected to everybody. So all of these different questions are all of the different things that will make up who you are. Now, some of these individually, possibly quite a few of these individually, will be exactly the same as other people. But the combination of these is what makes you you, and it's what makes you stand out. And once you understand all of these things and you have a little booklet or you write it down somewhere yourself that says, well, this is, these are the things that make me me, it's then going to be easier when you're trying to communicate, when you're trying to um, get puck creations to write the copy for you, or you're trying to, um, or, or, or if you try to write the copy yourself, or if you're trying to get somebody to make a video for you, or you're getting people to take photos for you, if they're good at their jobs because they're working with brands and they understand well, then if you hand them a brand guide which says, look, this is who we are, this is the core of us as a business, they should be able to read that and go, okay, I now understand how to take your photos to make you look like you. I now understand how to make a video which makes you seem like you as a brand and as a business. One, one last thing on all of that. It's not concrete because you come up with a brand idea at the beginning and because you have a brand guide at the beginning, that doesn't mean it always stays the same. It's a good idea to review this, especially if you're by yourself, because you're constantly, you're going to be in your own head and you're going to be thinking, well, maybe, maybe this isn't quite right. Maybe I, I don't actually really think like this. You're going to be asking yourself those questions, but also in a business, what happens if some of the people leadership team leave? And actually people, different people come into the business have slightly different ideas. Now, preferably, if you've done your brand guide well in the first place, the people that you're hiring to come into the business will align to a lot of the values, et cetera, you have. But we're human. We change our minds all the time. We have different ideas. We have different perspectives. So get something in place, get it sorted, make all your decisions based on it, and then review it, and then do the same again, and then review it, and then do the same again. That, to me... If you're going to have a formula, which we're saying maybe don't have a formula, but if you're going to have a formula, that would be the one to follow, is understand who you are first, communicate who you are, keep on checking in to make sure you really are who you are, and then keep on communicating who you are. Let's repeat that those. Let's repeat those. I'm writing them down this time. This is our okay. formula that we've just made up. Our formula that we've just made up, which we suggest you don't follow because we suggest you don't Absolutely. follow Absolutely. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> so, one understand who you are 
understand who you are. Yeah. Communicate clearly who you are to everybody, not just customers, everybody. Again, there's a whole lot more in that. Yeah, too. yeah. Um, revisit and reflect on who you are. And then go back out there and repeat, rinse and repeat, do it again. I like this because I do think, yeah, that, that um, you know, it's a bit like that there are times, okay, so I have got the, say for instance, I've got the investigator Lewis thing, I've got the hat, I've got that look, but I think I've, I've been quite, I was quite careful not to, and this would be relevant to it, not tie it too stringently in. So, Investigator Lewis might not wear that Mac one day and it wouldn't suddenly not be Investigator Lewis or me. I'm outside, I'm inside, I'm in a cupboard, I'm in the car, whatever. So I haven't <laughs> got, as part of the fun, I haven't got a specific backdrop, say, for instance. What I'm saying is that evolving thing is very important and it's very easy to get a sort of little, um, a little brand gimmick that you then feel you can never get shot of because you feel yeah. you've come so far and you think, oh God, if I get shot of it, nobody will know who I am. D does that make sense? It does make sense. And what I love about your example actually is what you're describing here. So often, again, I, I didn't go into this amount of detail here a second ago, but often when we're talking with our clients, what we say to them is what usually, once you've properly worked out your why, that takes a long time. But once you've properly worked it out, that usually sticks, that doesn't change. That because that's your goal and that's what you're driving towards. But your how and your what, they could well change quite a lot. And actually, you could go into a completely different area of business, but you still have the same drive and you're still trying to fix something with your particular brand. I like so, that. yeah, I like that. Well, it's also things like your values, right? So your values are probably likely to be fairly similar. They might change ever so slightly, or you might reword them, but actually they mean the same thing. Um, you understand them better going forward. But again, with your values, these are the things that drive your products and your services and your communication. So when we talk about having a consistent message, that doesn't mean you have to communicate in exactly the same way and write the same words and have the same photos and have the same videos. And it doesn't mean you have to have the same detective character. Your detective character is part of your brand. It's part of, if you, if you came up with that detective character and it didn't match any of your values, it didn't help you to achieve your final goal and it didn't, um, have your brand personality at all it didn't you know it, it didn't suit you and you were doing it it's completely out of context then the character is not a very good idea but if you come up with a new character to replace your detective character it's not a good or a bad thing in itself but what you need to have a think about is okay does this new character align with my values? Does this new character push towards a particular goal? Does this new character blah, 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 blah. If you are aligned on all of those fronts, then the actual character is irrelevant. 
not that your character is irrelevant, it's brilliant, but you know what I mean? The actual character is not the important part here. That's that's the way you've drawn people in. And actually the character's almost developing its own brand and maybe can go off and have its own life at some point because it's got it's got its own story. But as a part of who you are and as a part of your sales and your marketing, actually that character is just one part of it. Mm. And if you decided to change it to something else, as long as you are ticking all of the boxes mm. that align with your brand, then okay do it because the other yes because the other thing just sort of bringing this all together something that i talk about which isn't which isn't massively scientifically totally concrete embedded but i talk about finding that kind of sweet spot of impact being between real you real them being your audience if you like and real world because and the thing about the real world bit is that that also is constantly evolving. So yeah, yeah that re so that, that speaks to the relevance part of what you say, don't you? I mean that it does, yeah. yeah. So so in other words, it, so what we're really saying is anchor yourself. We I I've I've used this a few times recently. I've used it with with a client actually. It's this anchoring when you feel anchored. It's like as an actor, it's that moment where you find the sort of, to be cliche about it, the truth in the character that you're playing. Now you've got the anchor. Now you can play with it. You know, you can, yes. yeah. But so the playing stuff is absolutely vital. You do not want to stop playing, um, but find this anchor. And this anchor is, as you say, it's going back a few steps, not being drowned out by the noise of formulas and templates and must-dos. And nobody's saying some of those won't be incredibly useful at certain moments. So, but don't do it without the anchor. Otherwise, you are, you are floating around and you might, you might go high for a few weeks or even years, but you're in grave danger of drowning because you have no anchor. Oh, I, I really so like that. <laughs> it was it was extremely oh. poetic. <laughs> but I genuinely like it. And and actually it ties in really nicely to the idea of some of these templates and formulas. Because well, I'm personally not, and from what you said, I'm I'm certain you're not either. We're not necessarily slating the ideas themselves. The I help statement actually had a a place in being helpful for a time. Um, understanding a sector leash is really good for focus. There are benefits to all of these things. But when these things come around, it's not, we're not, I'm not suggesting you dismiss them and say, I don't want to listen to them. But what I'm suggesting is that you listen to them, you then have a look because hopefully you've defined your brand and you understand who you are. And you say, well, if I follow this formula, is it going to connect me with my brand? Is it going to help me continue to be as clear as I want to be, to have a consistent message with everything else I'm already doing in my brand? Is it relevant right now? Or actually, is it old and has the information changed? And also, does it help with the brand that is already standing out? And if it does, and then, you know, again, there's lots of other points you're going into to make sure this connects. And it's not as arduous as it sounds, by the way, because it's a fairly long process at first to help you understand this. Um, but once you understand it, then actually these things will become instinct, which is a whole other topic of conversation, by the way. But these things will become instinctive. 
um absolutely what instinct this is a whole other conversation and i don't think we should get into it today but, oh, uh... <laughs> no that would be fabulous though that that is a whole nother conversation gut feelings and instinct oh i love all that stuff but this is this is really good i think listeners to it's it's if nothing else it's what we all all of us need regularly it's a reminder it's a reality check it's that take a breath step back take a day off go for a walk it's all of those things that sound so ridiculously fluffy when we're trying to run a business and yet they are utterly crucial and that's another thing that i think is one of my it's one of my things isn't it is that it is you know things that somehow have got this fluffy image and yet actually look at what you're saying really no there's nothing fluffy about all this stuff this is so flipping key strong really important stuff and i love the way you talk about brands having friendly versus authoritative it's like i talk about strong and warm balance in your communication it isn't one or the other and it's because we've got so used to definitions of certain things that we get ourselves in these traps so all of that is the stuff that you can calmly consider in your own voice in your own way quietly privately write a few things down go back to the beginning um you know and then then quite possibly use some of these little tips and tricks of course but not without the anchor so that's that we're, we're finishing on a nautical uh <laughs> is where is Eidenhoven it's not by it's it's landlocked it, it is uh, yeah it's in uh, it is landlocked it's in the south uh well southish of the netherlands um locked uh, well eindhoven itself is locked by other uh cities yeah. in the netherlands uh, but we're very close to belgium and to germany you can get to either of those countries fairly quickly ah, from where we are interesting. Yeah, very easily and quickly get in the car and enjoy any... um, actually you can even get on a bike <gasps> to get to belgium Oh, that's, oh, oh, I love that. I mean, I've been to Amsterdam. Um, surprise, surprise. A lot of people have. Um, Utrecht, I think I went to, and that other place uh, uh, near. Utrecht, right? yes. Yeah. Um, Utrecht, sorry, yes. I said, um, and I've been on a bike ride sort of over the other side of the river at the Amstel in Amsterdam and along all that. And, oh, biking, because uh, it's nice and flat out there, isn't it? It is. It is. It's so much easier to. It's so much easier to cycle. Oh, it's, bliss. I'm coming on a. That's I'm sure. coming on a biking holiday at some stage, and I will. Always I will visit you. So now, tell everybody then. Uh, back to. I think people already listening to this would think, crikey, this guy's a, a useful person to know. Um, but yeah, more specifically, they should be connected with you on LinkedIn. I assume. Yes. Anywhere else? Uh, yes, yeah, so connect with me on LinkedIn. More importantly, um, follow Puck Creations on mm -hmm. LinkedIn and also Puck Creations on any other social media platform that you're on. Mm -hmm. We're on most of them. Um, we are more active on LinkedIn than we are on the rest, however. Mm -hmm. uh, then the other place to find us is puckcreations.com. If you would like to have a bit more depth in some of the stuff we've been talking about today. If you uh, click on the little hamburger menu on the top left and click on King Puck's Wisdom, you will find um, wisdom from Puck himself uh, all about marketing. And there's also a bit of poetry in there if you just want something to uh, to relax to. 
as well. And of course, and of course, your podcast that you did season one, um, which was yes. just beautiful, will be coming back soon. Um, so storytelling with Park, uh, make sure you're subscribed to that, ready for the next um, fabulous adventure. In fact, I would love to invite everybody to come along to the Storytelling with Puck, a tale of two series, uh, series two launch, which is on the 30th of June. Um, our lovely friend here, Trisha, will be part of the uh, uh, one of the speakers and will be sharing a story herself. And uh, you guys are all welcome. It's going to be maybe an hour and a half of stories uh, between guests from series one, all sharing new kind of five-ish minute stories. And stories are a whole other area, which I'd love to talk mm. to you all about at some point. And it's what our podcast is all about. Mm. It's all about sharing stories because they are powerful communication tools and very good at helping people to understand your brand, which is what we've been talking about a lot in this episode. Yeah. And the wonderful thing about your story is to put it in a very cliche way, your story is unique because of course it is because like you were born in your you and you had your life and all the rest of it uh, that's kind of obvious but also the lovely magical thing with story is whilst your story is unique which is a huge differentiator um it's also full of resonating moments um to Indeed build that lovely bond with your audience because there are so many things that we share um whilst also being unique i it's something about talking to you stefano i've gone massively profound I, I just need to go and lie down in a dark room now and create poetry um yeah so okay this was great i knew it would be struggling to end it but going to get yourself connected one way or the other uh with stefano and um I think there's actually so many tips in here. It's going to be hard to um, to know what to call this podcast episode. By the time you're listening to this, listeners, I will have named this podcast episode. Do feel free. Answers on a postcard. Did I name it correctly or not? Brilliant. Thanks, Stefano. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Yes! Take action. Try this one. Reconnect with yourself. Stay curious about what people's pain is, what they want, what the trends are. Of course, always. But your action is to just go still and quiet for a bit and reconnect by asking yourself, why did I start this? If you want more tips and tactics and insights into human communication, then I am full of them. So head over to trishalewis.com for all my social media links and sign up for the fortnightly email so that you never miss a podcast episode. And there's exclusive content there as well. Don't forget to check out my book, The Mystery of the Squash Zone, and listen to the next episode. It's time for tea. So...